Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Chapter 6, verse 17, as we finish up our battleground series, Paul reminds us, he says, listen, take the helmet of salvation, which we talked about last week, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm sure all of us have done this at one time or another where we have rednecked something. Do you know what I mean by rednecking something? Anybody figure that out, right? Where you take two items that have no compatibility, but you make them work to do something for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, I had this roof rake that we bought when we were in Barrie to take the snow off of our, of our roof because we get a lot of snow. And so, you know, I, I actually used it maybe once, but it was like this telescopic you know, pull, and it would sit in my garage, and then we moved to Simcoe, and we had these huge trees in the front of our house, and we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we draped, you know, Christmas lights in the trees at Christmas, and I was thinking to myself, man, how do I, you know, how do I redneck this? How do I, because I, I don't know, I'm not going to get up on a ladder, because if you've been here long enough, you know, I don't do ladders, you know, and I'm like, how do you get up there and whatever, and I remembered that I had this, you know, uh, this telescopic, you know, uh, post that I can you know, it probably went up like 10, 15 feet, and then I went in and I grabbed a hanger. Man, I'm going to tell you something. There's so many great uses for hangers, right? Forget clothes. Who cares about clothes, man? Like, there's such a great, and I bent that thing, and then I used what everybody, every good man in this place knows how to use. I used some duct tape, baby, and I duct taped like crazy. I mean, it was secure, and I had this hook, and then I started putting these lights on, and I'm going to tell you, man, Cora looked at me and went, she marveled. (laughs) She was like, oh, yeah, that's my man. Yeah, that's my man. Look at that, that genius, you know, just like she's doing right now. That's right. Thanks, man. (laughs) It was probably Cora's idea. Oh, here we go. How many... How many wives, your husband's best ideas come from you? Come on now. All right, there we go. Well, I want to, as we finish up this series, I just want you to know that I'm so glad that we don't have to jury rig our faith. And that when it comes to the battle, that God has, when I look at the armor of God, I see how perfect and how complete the armor really is, especially as we zero in on this last one, because this last one is an interesting uh, weapon. It's a weapon that was designed with dual purpose. It wasn't just there to defend you in the way of attack or your ability to stand your ground in the way of the enemy uh, or life chasing after you and making things difficult, but it was also used not just in offense, but in, de- or sorry, in defense, but it's also used in offense against the tactics of the enemy. That the very thing that the Spirit of God uses to transform your life and my life to be just like Jesus uh, is the very thing that he's given you to defend your life and to defeat the enemy by giving you insight through the word of God or even insight beyond the word of God. And what I mean that is it's built on the word of God, but it's insight that is beyond your comprehension or your ability in the natural. God just reveals something to you, and that's really the, the focus of this passage. 
And I love that because it's perfect and complete. God doesn't just give you stuff to defend, but he's giving you stuff that you can also go on the offensive to gain ground, not just to protect the ground that you have, but to gain ground in your everyday life, every situation, your workplace, your relationships, whatever you might be facing right now in this moment, those situations that you find yourself with no hope or a sense of no hope, God has given you something that can establish hope. And you know, at first glance, when you look at this, I mean, the sword of, uh, and, or the word of God is an incredibly powerful thing. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, for the word of God is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active. What that means is that the word of God is full of life. The Amplified uses the term powerful, that the word of God is powerful, meaning that it energizes us, that it encourages us, it produces you know, what God wants to accomplish in the way of purpose inside of our lives, in the way of transformation or establishing things. And, and, and it is always moving and doing something inside of us. And in fact, I, I was thinking about that this morning and, and it grabbed my heart as I looked at the word alive. And, and I was like, the word of God is not dead then. That means that in every situation, no matter what you face, even those situations that you often think to yourself, you know what? I'm not sure that there's an answer to what I'm facing in the Word of God. How, how many of you ever felt like you just kind of feel like you're in a gray area? You're like, you're not sure, you know, if this, man, am I going to find something? But, but what I love about this, and this is what God kind of stirred in my heart, and maybe this is for somebody, you know, inside this room today. You need to hear this, that the Word of God is alive, meaning it is still relevant today. You know, sometimes we have a habit, especially when it comes to the Bible, Right, because it's been around so long, right, and it has stood the test of time. And we often think to ourselves, "Well, okay, but I mean, culture has changed a lot in two thousand years, you know, and 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 society has changed, and people's perceptions and attitudes. And sometimes you'll read something in the Bible and go, well, we don't deal with that today. We don't we don't wrestle with that today.' But but remember, you know, Ecclesiastes said there is nothing new under the sun." That there is nothing that you face in your daily life that is that the Word of God can't reach or speak to because the Word of God is always active. It is alive, meaning it is always relevant in your life, in your situation, even more relevant today than maybe yesterday. And sometimes it's about discovering the principle through the context than it is just the outright literal Word of God when you're reading it. Some things are black and white in scripture. Some things you got to dig a little bit and all of a sudden you begin to see incredible revelation. But that's what it is. It is alive and it's active. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say that it runs really deep too. He says that it divides, meaning it penetrates really deep. I, 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 when, I, when I think about this, talking about it penetrating and cutting, I, I, I think about the time where we were, I don't know if you guys remember this a few years ago, uh, Sobeys was doing this thing where you can uh, build up points or stickers or whatever and get knives, right? And who doesn't want something free? Come on now. Like, if you don't like free stuff, man, there's something wrong with you. But anyways, you know, we'll pray for you later, you know, kind of a thing. And so, so anyways, I remember Corin saying, hey, listen, when you go to Sobeys today to pick this up, we've got enough stickers, get ourselves that knife. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, it's a knife, you know, whatever, big deal. But then I get the knife home. And man, I thought I was Master Chef. 
I thought I was Gordon Ramsay, man. This thing just like cut, like, you know, and it's like there was nothing. Like normally, like, you know, some of the knives that we have in our, you know, drawer, like I'm cutting for like 10 minutes to get through something, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden I get this knife and it's like, it's like cutting through like a hot knife through butter. It's just like slicing so nice. And, but that's the image of what the word of God does. It has the ability to penetrate really deep inside your life. In fact, you know, there are two uh, schools of thought about this particular part of the passage because one is the idea that some scholar says that it really focuses in on the, the word's ability to dig deep into the recesses of your heart, the areas of your life that you don't necessarily want to deal with. The stuff that you don't want to talk about, the stuff that you don't want to wrestle through, but you know you need to wrestle through it, so you kind of hide it a little bit. But, but God's word has this ability that when we begin to read it or we, we hear it, someone speaks it, someone sends us a text or an email and here's the scripture. And all of a sudden it has this ability to dig past what we are either hiding or we're not even aware of at times. You know, sometimes, and, and can I just say this, the reason why God does this is because though sometimes we try to hide or we're not aware of things, the last thing God will ever want in your life, whether you're trying to hide it or you're trying to run from it or you don't want to deal with it or whatever, is God's passion is to transform your life to be like Christ and anything and everything inside your life and inside mine that is going to hinder that process, he is, he, listen, he never gives up. And he uses his word to just begin to push through some of those things and to get past some of those things. And, and the other school of thought is, is, is not just this idea that you, you know, it gets to the, the dark recesses of your heart, your soul, your spirit, things that maybe you're not even aware of that are hindering your walk or your, your relationship with God. But, but, but it's about separating what's clearly natural thought versus what's of the spirit. Do you know, I, I, can I just pause for that for a second? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to get caught up in cultural thought, right? Like what's popular in culture? You know, what's popular in society? This is, this is where it really is difficult to be a follower of Jesus because sometimes there are things in our culture, there are things in our society that is just commonplace or this is the popular opinion and, and, and sometimes they're not wrong. But sometimes they are absolutely in direct conflict with the word of God. And when Paul says, hey, listen, when you're learning to stand your grounds, you need a weapon. You need some armor that's going to help you decipher with, with how you're thinking or your attitudes to determine whether or not this is the natural man's thought or this is spiritual or godly thought because if because where you fall on that thought process will determine where you land when we choose to live live life based on the natural thought and not the things of the spirit we already know this the mind that is governed by the spirit is life but the mind that is governed by the flesh is death. It just leads you in the wrong direction. But the word of God has been given to us, and it, it goes on. I'll, I'll read the whole verse. I didn't finish it, but let me finish it. It says this, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges 
the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And again, this kind of goes hand in hand because this word judge means to sift out and to analyze all of the evidence. That's what I love about the word of God. I love what one person said is that the word of God is the discerner and our critic. You know, it has the ability to discern that what we're thinking and, and, or what we're doing, and it has the ability to call it out or call it for what it is or where you and I need to stand or where, you know, what's going to be the end result if we choose this action or this thought or this attitude or even what needs to be done. It's the word of God. I love that. But when you take a closer look at this passage, you actually realize that specifically in Ephesians chapter 6, it digs a little bit deeper than just the word of God as we know it. It's the sword of the spirit. And the word here is the, for word of God means rhema of God. The word rhema literally means God speaking. Rhema is this idea that, that, that it's the spoken word of God. It's the divine utterance. In fact, the older manuscripts would, would give this connection that what is spoken by God, rhema, and, don't, and can I just say this? God's not going to speak something that is going to contradict his word. His speaking is going to confirm what he's already spoken through the prophets and the apostles and, and what we know today in the way of scripture. But there are times where the spirit of God, I'm going to show you this to you today, that God uses the the Spirit of God to speak to us in different ways through the Word of God or based on the Word of God in critical moments of life. But what I love about this is that the word rhema is this idea and this connection that it's a word that is spoken by God that comes by the way of the impossible. It's like it's impossible for you to know this. It's impossible for you to have this understanding. It's impossible for you to have this wisdom in this moment. And we see that throughout the scripture. I mean, I love, you know, what somebody, before I get into some scriptures, it says this, that rhema is this moment where the Holy Spirit highlights a scripture, for example, or a moment where the, the Holy Spirit will give us a thought of God, and I'll show that to you in a second, in the way of a word of wisdom, the gifts of the Spirit, discernment in a certain situation, knowledge, you know, beyond your uh, ability to understand, even the prophetic word, and you have seen that on occasion here you know, uh, some of our prayer partners have gotten up here and shared that this is what God has stirred in my heart. You have heard me say at times, you know, can I give this word for somebody today? That is a gift of the Spirit that's being used in that moment. But it's a moment where the Holy Spirit highlights something and then the Holy Spirit reveals it in a critical moment. What a powerful weapon to have when you're trying to stand your ground. So, for example, the rhema word uh, coming to reveal the word of God for me. Look at John chapter 14, verse 26, says this, it's up on the screen. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you, will remind you of everything that I have said to you. I mean, how many more conversations are not recorded in, you know, the journey of Jesus in his three years in the New Testament? You know, how many conversations? We're, we're given some pretty critical and probably all of the critical conversations, but there's a lot of teaching going on. In fact, after Jesus resurrected, there was a moment before he ascended into heaven that he spent 
you know, what, 40 days with the apostles, their disciples, teaching them, helping them understand a lot of things that they didn't get prior to his resurrection. It was all teaching and all of this information because now they are going to be his hands extended. That's why this morning, you know, I, I, I challenge you. I challenge myself. When our neighbors are going through something that is beyond comprehension in the natural, I get it. They are going to experience everything from anger to grief to hurt. And it's not going to change tomorrow or the next day. It's, it's, it's a deep, deep wound, especially, I just said this, you know, to Lennon as he was coming off the platform. Because my, I mean, Madison's about to turn 20 in January. I, I, I can relate to that. And there is something about tragedy, but even more so about something that, you know, when somebody young passes away, it is inexplainable. Talk about a tough place to be in, not just in life, but as a pastor or even as a neighbor who knows Jesus. And the first thing people say, if God is a good God, why does he allow that to happen? And even though I don't know the answer to that question, I wish I did, man. I do know this, that he is faithful and still loves us and he will, he will wrap his loving arms around that family and he will comfort them, he will strengthen them, he will get them through this season. Why? Because like you, I'm sure you've experienced that in God. The disciples were walking images of Jesus, reflecting him, doing as he said this. Listen, go do what I've done. What you see me do, I want you to do. He did the same thing, right? He said it several times in scripture. I'm just doing what the Father has told me to do. I'm just, I'm, do, I'm moving, I'm, I'm expressing God. And Rhema is that moment where God says, I promise you, Jesus made this clear himself. He said, in the moments that you need to be reminded of a scripture. And I'll tell you, I, you've probably had this. I've had this even this week. I, I did a wedding yesterday. And it's so funny. Every once in a while, you know, in fact, actually not every once in a while. Every time I do a wedding, the first thing that I do before, you know, I have my, I have my usual things that I want to highlight in a message for a couple. But I always ask the Lord for a verse specifically for that couple. And I knew that we were doing an outdoor wedding, but I didn't realize the place that we were going to have it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reminded me of, of John chapter 15 and Jesus talking about how, you know, he is the vine and we're the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing, is what Jesus said. You, you've got to stay connected, right? And uh, unfortunately for both of these uh, people that we did for the husband and the wife, the bride and the groom, um, they both have come from broken homes. And they specifically said, Pastor Craig, when you speak, we want you to emphasize that this is lifelong. I'm like, are you guys sure? Because, I mean, your mom and dad are going to be there. It's kind of an awkward conversation. And they're like, no, we want you to speak this. Pastor Craig, we want you to speak that over our marriage and over our life. This is lifelong. We're committed. We're in this. And we're going to do whatever it takes to invest. And I had forgotten. 
I did, because, man, summer happens, and this is the second wedding that I've done in the last two weeks, and so your mind's running, and, and you're always getting dates and information, you know, mixed up and whatever, and I had forgotten that, um, you know, normally in a wedding, they do like, a, you know, like something with the signing of the register, like whether it's the sand ceremony or, you know, different things like that, you know, whatever, and, uh, and so they decided that they were going to have a plant planted at their wedding. And then when they went to sign the register, they were going to just pour water in it, symbolically saying we're going to choose to invest in our marriage to make it grow. Really powerful. But what was even more powerful than that was when I had arrived and I had this, this word that God had given me, the scripture. And uh, about Jesus being the vine and where the branches is that I didn't realize that we were out in the country and it was outdoor wedding, but I didn't re realize that what they had done was they, six months ago, they had actually made a long pathway into the wooded area of this property and, and completely removed all the trees so that they can put like benches, like actually pews. They brought in pews and they did this whole, and we're completely surrounded by trees. Big, big, thick trees and as soon as I walked in I went up oh, that's why you gave me that verse God because we're surrounded by trees that have endured a lot to withstand where they're standing today and their hope was that we would talk about what it takes to have a lifelong marriage and around us are trees that survived everything it's a powerful thought. But again, Holy Spirit. Man, even walking through a couple of things this week, and, and, and I was on my way up to Manitoulin to pick up Madison, and, and I'm, I'm sure, I hope this resonates with you, because if this is happening to you, this is Rhema, this is, this is John chapter 14 happening for you, where the Holy Spirit comes and, and brings to memory a scripture that you need in a critical moment. And there were some things that I walked through this week that were just just mind-boggling it bothered me in my core everything and so I, I had to go up to Manitoulin and you know left on Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. and didn't get back till 11:30. man I gotta tell you man I better get something good for Father's Day on that one I'm just telling you man that was a long day long drive all that good stuff right and and so um but on the way up I had started listening to a couple more podcasts that I had missed boy talk about the right timing if I had listened to those words two weeks ago, they probably wouldn't have made a difference. But man, as I'm on my way up to Manitoulin in the wee hours in the morning, the Holy Spirit is ministering to me. And the Word of God is coming alive inside of my spirit and my life. There are moments where 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 13 says, where it's not just Holy Spirit reminding us of the scripture in a critical moment, but there are times where the Holy Spirit illuminates or reveals or gives us insight to the word of God that we never saw before. I, I um, Yeah, let me read the scripture for you first, and then I'm going to admit to something that I don't like to admit to. Love being transparent. I can't believe I'm about to do this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 13 Again, Paul is talking about 
Revelation. And he says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has ever conceived is that the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We Listen, you, you and I, I love, what I love about this verse is no matter what you and I try to imagine in God, God can outdo those moments where we think God can't do something, God can do it. Those moments we feel like I can't conceive it, I can't hear it, I, I don't sense it in my heart, I can't even conceive it in my mind, I can't even, listen, there are things that, that, that we think we've seen it all. How many have ever had that place in your life where you feel like you've seen it all as a believer, and then all of a sudden you encounter the one thing you've never seen, Right? It always, you know, it, it feels like Murphy's Law, but it's not. It's God's law. Like, you know, it's just the way it happens. Life happens. But he says, you have no idea what God's prepared for you who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. And the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received, he's talking about when he's teaching, when the apostles are teaching, he says, listen, what we have received is not from the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. And this is what we speak. So just picture for a, set, for a moment, you're, you're in the early church, you don't have this you know, nice leather-bounded Bible sitting in front of you. You don't have, you know, the version app on your cell phone because you don't have a cell phone. You don't even know what a cell phone is. You don't even know what technology is right now. You're just happy you got sandals that, you know, you can strap on. That's about it. You know, this is, this is the best in life kind of a thing. And so, you know, and, and he's like, listen, this is what we speak. What we're teaching you is not in words taught by human wisdom. But in the words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Spiritual realities taught by the Spirit of God to unlock truth so that it can unlock your life and mine. And the Holy Spirit comes along and he gives us the ability to see what we know is there, but we really don't understand it. So, about a year ago, I really started to feel my age. And I have fought it for so long. In fact, I'm still fighting it because I still haven't gone to see an eye doctor, and you can boo me all you want. It's the only time in my life, literally the only time in my life, I don't know if anybody else relates to this, I've never thought about my age. Two weeks ago, I turned 46, and I have never thought about being in my mid-40s. The reality of four more years, I'm hitting 50, has not dawned on me yet, and to be honest with you, I'm still holding at 30. But anyways, so how many are joining with me, you're still holding at 30? Come on now, you know what I mean? So... And I remember Cora saying to me, because she's watching me, and I've got my phone out to here. Like, I could have had my phone across the street, and it would be more clear for me. But I'm, I'm on my phone, and I'm flicking through, and I'm, like, doing this, and she's laughing at me. And she's like, would you just give in and just go to the eye doctor? I'm like, no, man. I don't like anybody poking and prodding me, especially now my eyes. Forget it. I don't want, you know, whatever they do. Like, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And so finally, after like weeks of like everything being blurry, 
my computer screen, my phone. You know, in fact, I did a wedding a couple weeks ago, and I had, uh, you know, my, uh, my iPad with me, and the, the way the light was coming down, uh, sorry, no, it wasn't my, I was, I was signing, I was signing the paperwork for their marriage, and it was so blurry and so dim that I could barely see the line, and I was praying to God that we were signing on the right lines, you know what I mean, like, just hoping this poor couple's getting married, and Sarah, John, if you hear this, don't worry, you're all good, you're still married, but anyway, so, and I, I couldn't see, like, I was, it was, it was there, I knew it was there, but I couldn't see. So finally, Chorus says, listen, stop it, suck up, suck it up there, buttercup, go get at least readers. So I did. These are readers. I went over to, I went over, and I feel so old when I put, and then Cora laughs at me when I do this. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that, man. Uh, listen, I'm telling you guys now, it's going to be on the podcast, I'm revealing to the world and, uh, you know, because my claim to fame is, like, I'm one of a few in my family that don't have, not in my immediate family, but, you know, my mom and dad and wherever, they both have glasses, and I made it this long without having glasses. I thought, this is cool, man. I'm going to beat this, you know? And then I hit, you know, 44, and everything gets really blurry. But here's the thing. Stop laughing at me, okay? Just stop. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be... All of a sudden, everything started to become clear. And I, I debated even, and like, you know, sharing this with you guys just because, like, now I know I'm going to get bugged and joked about it. But the staff knows because they'll come into my office. The only time I ever wear it is either at staff meeting or if I'm in my office with the door closed so that nobody can see me, you know. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The people of God had a revelation, and Jesus came, and he brought that revelation to fullness. The Pharisees, Sadducees, the people of Israel didn't necessarily get it, and he began to teach. And all of a sudden, what was there was now being revealed to a place of clarity. And I'm going to tell you something, what a difference it makes when you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you read something you know, that you have never, and I've heard stories, in fact, there are people here that have told me stories about their, their journey, their encounter with God, and it all came from moments. I remember one person saying, dude, I was in the parking lot of Walmart or some kind of store, and I was, the Holy Spirit was, I didn't realize at the time it was the Holy Spirit, but, but scriptures were coming to my mind, and instantly I just looked at myself, basically, and he's like, oh, so God, this is what you want for my life, and then boom. Stuff started unlocking inside of his faith, inside of his heart that he had never seen before, but it was right there. He put on spiritual glasses. This is what Rhema is. Rhema is that moment where the Holy Spirit takes you to a passage that you know you've read before, you've heard it before, but all of a sudden it brings you to this place of insight and revelation that you have never seen before, and it unlocks something inside of your faith. Talk about an incredible weapon when the enemy is trying to dupe you into believing certain things, and then when the Word of God comes to life, and it changes your perception of God or changes your perception of your situation or changes how you act towards it. Man, it is life-giving. And listen to me. It begins to take ground that you have lost, that your community has lost, that God wants you to gain in Him because He's empowering you. 
He's walking you into insight. That's what Paul was doing in 1 Corinthians. That's what the apostles were teaching. Their teaching was unlocking a church that was emerging, that has become so strong that it exists today. That no matter what threat came against Christianity or even to this moment that we face today in our culture and society, I have absolute confidence it's not going to die. And why? Because we have God. Because we have the Spirit of God. And He's revealing things to us that's unlocking us, that's equipping us, that's changing our perspective, changing the way that we walk out and live out faith. And then there's rhema moments where God will speak a word in the way of the gifts of the Spirit or words or moments that you'll have a conversation where you'll look back and go, I have no idea where that came from, but that was definitely God. I can't tell you how many Sundays I've walked off the platform thinking that's the worst sermon I've ever preached. That is definitely not going to be spoken again. And I was listening to a podcast on Wednesday, and the pastor of this podcast said the exact same thing. He said, every time I feel like it's the worst sermon I've had, I get the most positive comments. Pastor, that was the most amazing thing. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, thank God. Because that was the worst thing I've ever spoken, you know? Sometimes the Spirit of God just completely takes over. Luke chapter 12, verse 11 to 12 says this. You know, Jesus, again, speaking to the disciples, said, when you are, I love this, when you are brought before the synagogue's rulers and authorities. When you are. Not if, but when you are. There will come a point in life where all of us will stand in front of people and be called to take a stand. And he goes on to say, do not worry about how you defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. So fast forward. Acts chapter 6, verse 10. Stephen just joins the crew. And all of a sudden, he's standing in front of all of the religious leaders to give an account on behalf of all of the apostles, all of, you know, for the, this life and this relationship with Christ. And I love what verse 10 says. I don't have it, I don't think, up on the uh, screen, but it says this. They could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave as he spoke. And then there's this whole dialogue in Acts where he begins to unfold revelation that unfortunately for him, it led to his stoning and his death. But the very thing that Jesus said, hey, listen, when you stand before man and you have to give an account and you're freaking out on what you should say, relax. The Spirit of God, Rhema, is what's going to happen. And he'll begin to reveal to you what you need to say. And when you do, it's going to have an impact. And there are times in prophetic words, I, I, I remember a time, and we're talking about insight and, and revelation, and I'll end with this. Actually, if you guys want to come back. 
I was trying to sort through some stories of moments like that that's happened to me. That's, that's really shifting into the, you know, the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And I remember um, being on a missions trip as a teenager. I was 15 years old. And I had this incredible encounter with the Spirit of God and um, my own walk with Jesus. And and I remember we were at a McDonald's in Scotland. And we're sitting there and there's this kid, about the same age as me, right across from me. And uh, it was kind of funny because I, I noticed this chip in his tooth, you know. And all of a sudden, I had this vision of this kid like, I don't know if he was riding a bike or something, but he fell. I thought that was weird. And the kids started talking, and we were just sitting there having McDonald's. We're on this mission trip. We're supposed to be sharing Jesus. And all of a sudden, I just looked at him and said, um, and I started to describe to him the picture. I said, did this happen to you? And there were some specifics. I mean, this is 25, 30 years ago now, so, well, not, well, yeah, I guess it would have been 30 years ago. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting so old. Pray for me. I, I, I'm going to need some ministry afterwards, man. Like, you know, just that revelation of being older. Still hot, Cora. Just remember that. It's just older. Just remember that, babe. And what I didn't realize then that I, it, I, it dawned on me afterwards, that I had just seen by the Spirit of God, what had actually had happened to him, and I described it perfectly. I shouldn't have known it. I'm a 15-year-old from Canada, and I'm in this small little town in Scotland. And his eyes got big, and the girl sitting beside him, she goes, how did you know that? And I'm like, God just showed it to me. And Here's why I think he showed it to me. Because God wanted you to know that you're loved. And we started to share the gospel. Now, listen, I know, you know, we, we've talked about this. We've joked about this. And I really do mean, listen, I, my challenge to everybody is just go after God. Uh, yes, I'm a Pentecostal, charismatic. You want to throw me in that? That's fine. It might, this might be completely outside of your box. Relax. Just love Jesus. Go after God. Yes, I'm going to encourage you to go after the Spirit of God because Jesus emphasized it, and I know the powerful thing that comes from that incredible relationship, but you'll never see me like hardcore push, like, all right, guys, everybody line up. We're going to just pray over everybody. You know, I'm not going to do that to you. I'll encourage you, but I won't do anything. It's between you and the Lord. But listen to me. I know. Because that's just one of, I can't tell you how many times God has revealed stuff to me that I should not know. 
It's not a hunch. It's not a guess. It's not just throwing, you know, something up against the wall and hoping that it lands. It's, no, God spoke to me and he said this to me and you need to know this. Just like I've had people come to me, you know, in moments of my life, you know, where they've shared and revealed things to me. I shared with one, one with you guys last week. I remember, I remember years ago when I was wrestling with the call of God and I literally didn't tell anybody that I had been praying and asking God to like literally just, God, would you show me the map of my life? Like, would you lay out the entire plan so I could see everything, so I know what I'm about to encounter? So, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm doing that because I want to prepare myself for what you're about to show me. And I prayed that for months. And then one Sunday night, back in the day when we used to do Sunday night services, and don't use that as a platform to send me emails and say, Pastor Craig, we need to get back to that. But anyways, because um, I'm just going to forward it to JJ or somebody. But anyways, and I remember going to the, to the front to just spend some time alone at the end of the service with God, and, and, and my music pastor was up there, and he was playing, and, and, and all of a sudden he stopped playing near the end, and I was still there, and I was crying out to God, God, show me the blueprint plan. Exact words. God, show me the blueprint plan. And all of a sudden, my pastor comes down, and he kneels beside me, and he says, Craig, God's heard your prayer. He's heard you say that you want the blueprint plan. Well, I got to tell you right now, I'm already freaking out. Like, whoa. He didn't know that. But Rima happened. God spoke. God reveals in that moment. And, and like I said, sometimes it reveals itself that way. Sometimes it reveals itself, you know, in, in the form of revelation or the word of God. Or maybe the Holy Spirit bring to memory a scripture that is there to encourage you that day. Or maybe it's a scripture that God will give you for somebody just like God gave me one for every time I go to do a wedding. He's like, Craig, God's heard your prayer. He can give you the blueprint plan, but he won't. Because if he does, and you saw everything that you're going to face, you will not walk the walk. You will not follow the call. Because you will see what you're encountering through the eyes of your 18-year-old self, not 30-year-old, 40-year-old. Let's stop at 40. That's where we're going, you know. Rhema. And so when Paul says, listen, God has given you the sword of the Spirit. Have confidence that no matter what you face, in the critical moment, God is going to speak. He will speak. And he'll speak through other people. He'll speak through his word of God. And can I just say this? If you want to confirm what's being spoken by somebody else, make sure that it lines up with the word of God. I, I, it's one of my biggest pet peeves about the gifts of the Spirit. And people exercising the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes it comes across in a way of arrogance. That is not the heartbeat of the gifts of the Spirit. They were given to the church to edify and encourage the body of Christ. And though there are times where the prophetic will come and it will be whether a warning or whatever, it is still spoken in grace and truth and in love. And when those things are missing, 
or something is spoken that is in direct conflict with the Word of God, yes, you better believe it goes out the door for me. And it should for you because there's some clear things about the Word of God. But it's a weapon that God says, use it. And sometimes you use it because all of a sudden you hear that word. You know, the Holy Spirit reminds you of this scripture. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, God, that's the word of God. That's what you say. And all of a sudden what we need to do is we need to declare that word over our lives. That's exercising the sword of the Spirit in that moment. It's like cutting through, you know, the lies of the enemy, cutting through the tactics of the enemy when you're trying to stand your ground. And all of a sudden you're facing something. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals to you a scripture or reminds you of something that is completely opposite of what you're facing or what you're going through. And listen, this is God's word. These are the deep things of God that's been revealed. These are the teachings that come from the heart of God. And you stand on that word of God. You are exercising the sword. You are swiping down on the lie of the enemy. You're cutting it in half. You're breaking it apart in that moment. Prophetically, by faith, you're just saying, God, I declare your word over the situation right now. You know, there's a passage of scripture that talks about how David built, him, built himself up in the, the faith. He strengthened himself in the faith. That's what it means. He spoke to himself. He preached to himself. He's like, listen, I know what I feel. I know what I'm walking through. But I know what God's word says. I stand on the word. That is the sword of the spirit. You're exercising that right now. Would you all stand with me? Because if I don't get you to stand, we'll keep going. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.